0: welcome back everyone it's thomas Watson, trucking expert here at freight waves and this is a very special round two of loaded and rolling i know you're thinking i had a show earlier yesterday but it is time for a second round a lot of great content uh gonna be having two guests on today joining me right now of course gonna talk to a minute is luke wachtel svp of transportation at platform science and then later on in the second half here it's going to be andy uh, Whitling co-founder and CEO of better trucks a lot of a lot of good stuff going on, but Luke, uh, I think there's a really cool thing we we're talking earlier before going on about platform science and how uh, the Apple to Android comparison you know tell us a little bit about it and and what is making it so revolutionary
1: sure thanks <laughs> um, so th- this industry traditionally uh, when a, a fleet wanted to make a change of any kind to the software solutions or services that they use to manage their fleet, to interact with their drivers, provide services like hours of service, ELD. Yeah, a navigation, dispatch, messaging, workflow, all these things. Um, there were two things that they faced as challenges. And this isn't a dig on how it's been done in the past. It, it was the way to engineer things when things were first sort of innovated because this space did innovate in telematics. When they would make that choice, they basically had to say, well, I gotta pick whichever player has the five apps I want. I couldn't pick and choose between each of them. Like if if they have two out of the five I really want and the other three aren't so great, that is what it is, you gotta buy those, right? And secondly, if they were making a change and they already had a solution, they had to rip out the hardware they had and reinstall Which is akin to say, you saying, I don't like my banking app on my phone, so I'm gonna have to throw my phone away and buy a new phone, which, is insane, right? You can imagine telling.
0: That's how the companies were doing it. If, if you had a certain phone, you know, you were you were limited to that. It was literally tied into it. I, I think that's such a wild thing in trucking because, uh, you know, with the ELD and the telematics space, you would have assumed that somebody would have thought, you know, uh, everyone would have a platform that you can at least have applications and they can move from hardware to hardware instead. Well, I guess there's a tactic. They want you to buy the Better Box or the Box Plus?
1: It's a great question. <laughs> We're basically at a confluence right now, and and this this shows actually good evidence of that, um, where the OEMs themselves have adopted enough of the technologies, as you've seen in the car market, for example, that are now exactly at parity with what otherwise you might have bought in the old days from an individual, very specialized supplier. So there really isn't need for that to be embedded, for that to rather be specialized anymore. So to your point... uh, the market is now changing. Platform Science has introduced this platform, it's in the name, um, specifically so that people can stop making decisions on software based on hardware. And so it, it's not just about choice, by the way, that's a very important piece, but it's also about recognizing that most of these larger fleets in particular don't pick one provider. They may not have just Freightliners or just trucks from Packard and Navis, or they may have a mixed fleet, and it it shouldn't matter. From the perspective of the driver and the experience of the back office and how they manage things, what should matter is it, the seamless, not unlike when you get a phone, right? Yeah. And at least in the Android world, if I choose a Google phone versus a Samsung versus an LG, it shouldn't matter the Android experience is the same and I should still have choice of apps. That's what platform science has brought. And the beauty of that is, it, is that it encourages innovation. So we're seeing that here, right at Freightwaves, yeah. Waves. And I think in fact, next year, you'll see a lot more. In fact, actually we had a partner while we were here, do, a, do one of their demos on stage and reference us. As, as, hey, we're introducing this to the fleet market because we now run on platform science because it's an open platform.
0: And I think that's, you know, the partnerships as well, it, it really opens up a lot of opportunities. When you started at the company, uh, tell us about the, the story of Platform Science. You know, when you, when you first got hired on, what are some of the big changes? What have you seen as uh, the software is growing and developing over the years? And is there any cool insights? Because it does feel like even in the last two years, I can count the different levels of buzzwords that I'm hearing. We're at AI now. It was visibility and it was digital disruption. So we're slowly moving around. But, uh, you know, uh, tell, t- give me some backstory.
1: Sure, so uh, I've I personally been in this space since 2005, and when I first heard about platform science, I, I thought, like most people, that it was just a TSP or telematics provider, and, and I was not particularly interested. And then I heard the vision, which is, hey, we want to shake up this market and bring the same business models, the appropriate attributes, again, that you like about your phone or what about computers, to this space, and it got me excited, right? So when I joined in 2008, 2018, excuse me, um, we were really just beginning that vision, and so the, the part of the whole plan was if you can get some of the biggest fleets, which have often the most diverse needs, you'll get the attention of the big OEMs. Because if you're going to create a platform, you need ubiquity. If you're going to do that, you need to get the big OEMs to, uh, I mean, this is probably a lesson for some of the people who are presenting on stage. If you want to get all the OEMs to adopt your technology, you need the big fleets to get their attention.
0: Oh. All right?
1: So we went and secured the business of some innovative fleets like Walmart, Werner, Schneider, U.S. Express, Covenant, Mavericks, hearing like they're all big customers, right? And that helps us then go talk to the OEMs. So we start with Daimler, which is one of our first big announcements. Hey, we're, we're really doing this. We're going to leverage the hardware that's already in the truck. We're not selling you a new box. It's already there. We'll put our software and enable everybody, including people you think of as our competition to run on that truck, right? And then we got the other OEMs to join now, Navistar and Pekar and soon others to follow. So the vision is actually coming true. So what's fun to watch is... Now the fleets are saying, I get it. It's not a, I'm not handcuffed to this anymore. And really what's exciting is a lot of the smaller businesses are coming out now and recognizing, okay, I, there's a platform that's going to succeed. It's going to be in all these different trucks. I'm not going to have to pick one hardware device or one OEM manufacturer. I'm going to come up with that idea I've been thinking about. I'm going to build that software
0: yeah. and offer on that marketplace. It's like an app store. It's, a, it's an app store. It's and that's what, it's crazy. It's such a good point on the Android. I do wonder if that's a similar thing to where auto manufacturers realize that they don't develop, like a BMW has its own little BMW thing, but then there's a reason there's an Android Play and an Apple Play. Is that kind of a similar situation where you get the OEMs, your, your Daimlers and your Volvos they used to have their own homebrew systems, and then having something like platform science really democratizes it, and they don't have to really, you know, you can plug and play, I, if, I'm, if I'm following that correctly.
1: No, I, th- I think you have that right, yeah. and, and and honestly, it's not, we didn't really have to pitch this idea to the OEMs. The OEMs listen to their customers. They're very good at that, right? And, and they recognize that, that the big fleets have basically said to them, I want some choice, but I need security, right? If I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna leverage your in-dash display or if I'm gonna leverage what's going on with the signals, I need data integrity, data security, but it needs to be easy for the drivers. All of that really requires that at some point you have an operating layer that opens things up, but is properly curated, right? Yeah, um, and so that uh, no disservice to Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, but but those are made for a consumer world, and so it was kind of a no brainer when we come in and say this is really made for trucking, it's made for enterprise, um, and oh by the way, we're going to open it to the, all the various TSPs, so you're not going to be siloed to any one player, right? You know, it's not new that TSP providers have tried to embed or sold or partnered with OEMs. Yeah. But those were individual things only relevant to that particular TSP. So we're actually unlocking that and saying you don't have to make individual bets anymore. You can bet the whole field.
0: I always wondered that because with trucking, hours of service, the telematics are always on. Um, there's really something interesting you talked about how Android is the system that actually allows you to make adjustments, and that when your engineers were looking at the Apple one, you can, it's almost like a wall. And so is that something where you know the technology stack for trucking it almost requires a very different approach and requirements than your traditional consumer ones, because your consumer is not being constantly monitored and could potentially be shut down if they decide to go over their hours or they like, lose connection or signal or yeah, something.
1: That's a great question. I struggle, I, you know, when relating this this sort of vision to people, I, I often bounce back and forth between the the Android and the Apple analogy, and you, you brought up the exact reason why. So it's an Apple-like experience in that it's incredibly integrated. So a driver should potentially log into a tablet that has 30 applications but only log in once and they're not in any way aware that it's in fact, there are 30 applications pitching into their job. From their perspective, it's one. And that is an Apple-like thing, right? But unlike Apple, you can't tell a fleet, you are only gonna buy Freightliner. Freightliner might like that, but I'm not sure the others would like it. And fleet, m- most fleets don't do that, right? So more like Android, you do need to have, and it's not easy by the way, choice, is, choice can be complex and that's sort of part of our mantras. We, make, we take the consequences out of choice, right? We make complex easier. Uh, it's it, it, like Android, you can, in fact, pick different hardware operating.
0: Samsung, LG, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's really cool, especially how you, you uh, leverage the, the larger fleets and they're able to ask the OEMs. You know, a lot of people I talk to in this space, even at FreightWaves, you get a lot of brokers. You don't know, have a lot of many large asset carriers. But uh, that's such a cool thing because you forget that if you're ordering 10,000 Cascadias and you say, can I get platform science? Daimler's not just going to say, nah, you know.
1: Yes, and again, to, to to their credit now, they don't have to say, okay, which of these 30 SKUs do I need to now pre-wire or, or bundle in or add to this truck? And then, God forbid, if that fleet makes a decision, they have to rip it out. Yeah. It, it is, again, it's the equivalent of saying, I'm not going to make you trade in your, your laptop because I want to use a different word processor. We've taken over that system and said, we'll give everybody the choice. You, OEM, don't have to worry about that as much. And and now your customers have it.
0: So what's the next steps? Uh, partnerships, of stuff, any recent developments, you know, as, as you're here talking to folks, uh, what are you kind of looking and envisioning for the next three to six months? Or is there anything really interesting you're, you're developing or about to release that you can talk
1: about? Yeah, so what I can say is that that, that vision of abstracting the hardware, of creating an open operating layer for, for software to really find its niche, for people to have choice and to, and to the software developers to be able to gain access to all these different platforms. This will be the year that it really comes true. Uh, you know, Daimler was one of the, our first partners. They, they've sort of gotten a headset on doing the engineering and working out the kinks and Peckar and Navistar and others that, you know, will be coming on board over the next couple of years. This, I think, will be the year when you see a large confluence of fleets rolling out, large deployments where it's entirely embedded, where literally within five minutes, I have turned on that truck. So, you know, instead of having to pull a truck off the n- line necessarily and go rip out the dash and do things and whatnot, yeah. in this situation, you could literally grab a tablet, download some software, type in the truck number, and now you and you you've logged in. Someone in the back office hits a button and that is now active, right? Oh, that's so nice. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So we've we've literally had fleets that, you know, hey, I've just turned on a thousand trucks. So, Since we've yeah. been sitting here, right? Which is pretty cool. The the downstream effect of that is that. The, as the adoption really takes place, again, I think you're going to see a lot more innovation happening where customers are going to say, hey, I understand that you're in you know, 5,000 trucks that you just flashed up a new update to, and now I can do my new pedal coaching app or my new sensor can gain access. Because virtual vehicle is not just about the apps. It's really layers that enable all kinds of things to connect to that. Again, yeah, this is great at connecting to another camera or earbuds or whatever it might be. This platform enables all kinds of ubiquity of these things. So it will foster innovation. And I can't wait for next year to see that here. So
0: I could theoretically have, and I always wondered about this, you know, drivers not getting enough sleep. If you have the integration with the hardware and the software and the platform, I can make an app to where it could read the telematics and potentially give information like on health and fitness. It's like, hey, I've seen that, you know, you haven't done this. Is that kind of one of the next steps is allowing app developers to, Target more of the driver lifestyle in addition to the workflow now that it's able to communicate between all these disparate devices with one unified platform.
1: 100%. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the safety category. I've been on the ATA Safety Policy Committee since 2006. Passionate about it. Think about it this way there are lots of companies out there that have come out with innovative things, but it requires, for example, a hardware dongle to be installed additionally, or because they couldn't get into the box that was already there. Or maybe uh, there was, it had to run on someone's phone. It couldn't be directly integrated to the tablet. And whatever sensors were already embedded in the truck, you create an open platform that says, hey, everybody, here are the things I have access to. Or if you're attaching yourself to this network, I'll make you available to others. And now others can design apps to take advantage of all of that, just like you have in your Apple ecosystem.
0: Man, that is cool. Luke, thank you so much. If folks want to learn more about Platform Science, reach out or get more info. Where's the best way to find information? Uh, platformscience.com. I love it. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you. You can definitely check him out at PlatformScience.com. That was uh, Luke Wachtel, SVP of Transportation. I'm going to be welcoming our next guest as well here. We're halfway through the loaded and rolling show. It's going to be Andy uh, Whitting, co-founder and CEO of Better Trucks. Uh, I'm going to be talking about last mile and parcels. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on. First off, welcome, sir. Welcome to the... Welcome to the party. Well, these mics are always fun because, like, you know, the distance and everything. But Great. Um, tell us about yourself. Tell us about the company and uh, give us some backstory.
2: Yeah. Uh, Andy Whiting, co-founder and CEO of Better Trucks. Uh, we're last mile delivery carrier. Uh, really focused on the e-com, uh, small parcel space. So our customers are companies uh, that are in the, you know, either e-commerce uh, businesses, uh, retailers, or uh, large fulfillment companies. We're delivering hundreds of thousands of packages a month across the Midwest. and. You know, we're doing it with a very tech forward approach and, and super excited to be here. And thank you very much for the time.
0: And especially Last Mile and Parcel, uh, there's it, it always every time I speak to folks, it does feel like because ADN, Alternative Delivery Networks, I talked I talk to some folks on that. The UPS and FedEx are like the big monoliths. And yep. then everyone else is trying to say, look, it doesn't have to be that way because they want to nickel and dime you with accessorials. Tell us a little bit about that. Is there Was there opportunities? I know that we had the strike, the UPS uh, strike sure. fears. Uh are those opportunities for parcel folks to kind of differentiate themselves instead yeah. of just the, the standard I'm stuck with?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, the way we see it, we call it the multi-carrier movement. Uh, what we've seen is over the past three or four years, our, our big customers have recognized that they need alternatives, right? And so uh, it used to be just FedEx or UPS, the duopoly that, that really uh, you know kind of carried the, the world. And we just see that as a huge opportunity. Uh, our customers are looking for alternatives. Uh, they still want you know, quality service, and they want a good price uh, and good speeds. Uh, but they've their eyes have been opened up to, you know, look, it's time to, to find alternatives. And so uh, we've been riding that wave with the multi-carrier movement. It's been really great. Uh, we believe that, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different alternatives that customers should be looking for. Uh, but again, you know, the, the, the tech-first approach has given us a, a great advantage, advantage. When we look at building our technology, uh, we start with the customer first. That customer is the, the shipper. Uh, and then also the, the customer that's receiving the package and, and starting from there, you, you can't go wrong.
0: Is there a specific sweet spot when it comes to uh, the, the parcel? I know some folks said two to five pounds, uh, it depends yeah. on it. Uh, when you're looking at the tech platform as well, um, it, can you technically have like anything or is there something you that's the the kind of Goldilocks, just yeah. right?
2: Yeah, uh, Goldilocks is a great question. So um, yeah, it, it's really like two to 25 pounds is probably our sweet spot. Um, you know, a lot of people play uh, and there's a lot of uh, different service providers that are kind of competing in that sub one pound space. Uh, but ours is really, uh, you know, e-com one to three days. Uh, our, our network is completely connected together. So for us, it's a big differentiator uh, when, when compared to some of the other modern carriers out there. Uh, so when I think about that, it allows us to get, you know, freight from customers across, you know, uh, from from Minneapolis to Austin, from Pennsylvania to St. Louis, uh, you know, all within a couple of days
0: do you all use your own assets or is the platform and the tech allow other smaller ones that normally, you know, wouldn't even have a seat at the table? Yeah, great
2: question. So we're asset light. Uh, we leverage, uh, we, we have some of our own assets, some of our own warehousing, uh, but we also have flexibility with, with independent contractors, partner carriers. Uh, it's a, it's a web of, uh, of technology that orchestrates everything. Uh, and for us, that's a big differentiator allows us to match capacity with demand, uh, and, and stay a really, um, uh, you know but also at the same time staying responsible uh for the packages throughout so it's not a brokerage service it's not handing it off to other carriers it's it's we're the ones responsible for that um and but you know we're we're right sizing the uh the network with assets that are if the combination of ours or others
0: And looking at the changes, because, you know, we did see the pandemic, a big e-commerce boom, but, you know, distribution centers and warehouses, they're getting closer. The middle mile is really shrinking as well. What are some of the big changes of the past few years? Is this something like bullish or bearish right now?
2: Yeah, so I I think it's great. So what I look at is when we started this business four or five years ago, we looked at, you know, the trends, the big mega trends, right? So it used to be 20, 30 years ago, it was uh, import into LA, import into uh, New Jersey, and it's, it was a you know one to two day shipping if you lived in in Connecticut and seven day shipping if you lived in Kansas City, right? It was just like they leveraged the the big brands brought it into the ports, and then they had uh, you know UPS and FedEx and, and the postal service get it across the country. And all the brands are much smarter these days. They've they've optimized their inventory placement. They put them into the right parts of the region, and so you know that has given rise to the ability to leverage alternative carriers, maybe regional delivery companies. Uh, you know, kind of micro regionals, Uh, but ultimately the the customers, the shippers, they want a consistent brand experience. So they want to use smaller regional alternatives, uh, but they want to have a consistent brand. So we're in uh, kind of three regions right now. We're looking to expand a little bit more, but mainly Midwest, Texas, and the Northeast. Um, And, you know, we're looking kind of Florida and uh, the Carolinas next year. Um, But, you know, we, we provide a consistent experience for our brand and our customers, and therefore they don't have to go and seek and identify multiple uh, you know, multiple carriers. So I look at it as uh, these big brands are interested in alternatives. They don't want to have a hundred carriers. They want to have maybe three or four new ones, uh, and we give them that option.
0: And you know, when you're having the conversations, especially you're mapping out these networks to expand into, uh, one thing I've heard from some people is that it's this weird thing. They get mad at FedEx, so they go to UPS. They get mad at UPS. They go to FedEx, you know, kind of a switching back and forth. How's the feedback been when you're introducing these these newer, you know, uh, the carriers and the, the offering compared to the traditional, um, you know, you know you have to use them. You know you have to bite the bullet, but you also know you're getting ripped off. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so what we think is we, we saw there's, there's been enough challenge with COVID, labor, capacity, pricing, like everything. Over the past four or five years, has has demonstrated to these large customers that they need to seek alternatives, right? And so, uh, you know, I think without COVID, uh, COVID is kind of what would crack the door open for uh, big big companies and big reputable names to say we need to seek alternatives. And so, from there. Uh, you know, once you get the foot in the door, then they'll say, okay, how does this work? Tell me more about how, you know, how can I fit this into my network? And then when they see that the quality is as good, the pricing is better, the speed is just as good, then they recognize that they don't have to go back. Uh, You know, the challenge with a lot of these guys right now is, uh, it historically was, you know, one year you go with UPS and then you threaten to renegotiate with FedEx, the next year you kind of back and forth. And it's really just, you know, uh, know, uh, the, the same sort of service in a different color uniform. Uh, and we think there's a better way to do
0: that. And
2: looking at the, the
0: type of customer uh, for adoption as well, yeah. um, I I know when I've spoke with uh, some ADN folks, they said uh, the favorite one was shoes and apparel because of like limited drops. So they yeah. need really quick parcel last mile. Uh, who, are, When you're normally moving into an area, who are kind of the first movers that are willing to try it out and, and get off the traditional uh, yeah. providers? Yeah, so what we
2: found is, uh, you know, early on it is, it is those that have a um, kind of, enough of a team at their, at their own organization to, to be able to think about how do they parse out their, their types of packages, right? So they have a logistics team, maybe it's a you know, four or five person team that's optimizing their spend, right? Or maybe they've worked with a consultant to optimize their spend. Uh, and, and that's because traditionally alternative delivery networks or other types of carriers or small regional carriers have a, have a very you know, kind of focus that is, is very uh, narrow, and so they have to say okay well we can use these guys here we can use these guys here we can use ups for this and so they're optimizing a bunch of different factors and so you know when we first started that's why we kind of attacked the retailers the 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 uh, fulfillment companies that have that uh, you know those those types of uh teams in place to analyze that as we've grown we believe that by adding more coverage area so we've partnered with a company called gls on the west coast uh and we are broadening uh, broadening our coverage area it makes it easier for smaller and medium-sized companies to ship with us. So it's less about the, you know, the package size because we can do many different, uh, many uh, size packages similar to that of FedEx and UPS. It's more about like it was in the beginning, the overhead of, the, uh, of their team to think about alternatives. And now that alternatives can provide a very similar experience, they have less reason to, to use others.
0: And uh you recently made the freight tech one hundred congratulations thank you very much um have you have we done the twenty five yet oh. i don't know uh, <laughs>
2: fingers are crossed uh we're we're hoping to get on the top twenty five uh we'll find out it's a great list to be on you know we've been uh you know working really hard heads down um you know our technology we think is is uh, really solid for our shippers and our customers um you know but i i think i'd be remiss in saying you know a lot of the our growth has been um Powered by uh, some of our investors, right? So, Venture Fifty Three has been an incredible investor in our business. Uh, venture Fifty Three is a transportation logistics focused uh, venture firm. Uh, they ha- are have incredible support. A lot of the guys that have been I've seen on stage, a lot of the luminaries uh, are the LPs in that network. So, it's a lot of guys that have industry knowledge, um, and, and you know, so they've really opened up a lot of doors for us. But uh, Pat Martin and Dan White are the two GPS of, of Venture Fifty Three, and Pat has a tremendous transportation experience with Estes. Um, Dan White has tremendous uh, corporate development experience at, at uh, Coca-Cola. Both of them have provided just incredible insight for our business and helped us grow open doors everywhere. Um, and so when we think about the technology challenges that we're trying to solve, you know, we partner with Venture 53 to figure out like what did their, you know, know having their transportation experience, having the, the, the uh kind of business experience uh, from Dan. Uh, At Coca-Cola, we're solving big problems that are kind of known problems in the industry and working with those guys. Um, So it's been great. Uh, We hope to make the top 25. Uh, We're we're excited about our technology. Um, Our customers uh, seem to be pretty happy, so we're we're excited.
0: Uh, Moving forward, looking the next, uh, you know, six months to a year out, uh, expanding into new markets. Any kind of multimodal under the airplane stuff as well or continue? uh, What's on the the horizon? Yeah,
2: so there's a lot of... uh, uh, Cross border uh, work to be done. You know, you're, we're following the trends. Uh, a lot of the air freight coming in from China. Uh, we have a number of customers that are that are uh, you know international shippers, air freight coming in and want fast shipping uh, from all the ports. So if you look at our network design, you know we're we're near JFK, we're near ORD, we're near DFW, uh, we're near Atlanta. Uh, all of that is around uh, air freight inbounds. So that's a positive thing. You know, our business is really focused on that small parcel um, space. Uh, we have the ability to ship things pretty fast with some partnerships with some airlines, but uh, our, our focus is really that ground, you know, one yeah. to three day shipping. You know?
0: Perfect. If folks want to learn more, running a little low on time, but if you want to find out more, get in touch and contact, what's the best way to find out?
2: Yeah, uh, bettertrucks.com. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Paducah or FKA Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I love uh, I love interacting with Freightways on Twitter. Uh, it, it's a great, great environment. So yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure. Andy, thanks so All much. Right. Thanks so much.
0: That's going to be a wrap for our show. About 20 seconds left. If you want to check this out or you're just joining us, it will be available later on demand. Apple, Spotify, wherever you may find a pod- podcast. Can't speak today. And we also have a newsletter loaded and rolling. It goes out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Check it out, freightways.com slash loaded and rolling. And while you're there, subscribe to our YouTube page. I happen to get around a lot of great content, excellent stuff. Join us next week. We'll do it live.